0: Arizona is Arizona, Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo talk with the decision maker from the Coyote's front office. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Our weekly visits with a member of the Coyotes' front office. Sometimes it's Javier Gutierrez, sometimes it's Bill Armstrong. And joining us today, just hours before the Coyotes are in Chicago, taking on the Blackhawks game you'll hear right here on Arizona Sports. The general manager of the Coyotes, Bill Armstrong, joining us here on Burns & Gamble. Bill, how you doing today? I'm doing
1: great, guys. How are you doing?
2: Good. Nice win against the Minnesota Wild. Nice to see Jack McBain against his former team get the goal. <laughs> that was just, that was beautiful. But seven, 17, 17 wins for you guys this year. You guys have had a few impressive wins. This one's got to be you know, right up there, I would imagine, top five among those wins. Because that, that's a good Wild team you guys beat.
1: Yeah, it was it was a great game. Um, I thought we played, you know, pretty much a little bit of a lull in the second there, but all the way through, um, we just had a great effort. Probably one of our best efforts of the year. They're a good team. Um, there's a little mullet magic going on there where our boys. Um, uh really love to play. Yeah, in the rink, it's just a, it's a great atmosphere. It's everything and. I think Mr. Vegmalka, he when his dad is is in town, I think he's like five and zero. Oh. <laughs> like he just <laughs> well, when his well, dad is in the building, you it's a guaranteed win night. It does well, not matter I, if you're in Nashville; it, it's guaranteed win night.
2: Uh, so what are you going to do? Because you know what you do want draft positioning. Do you do you, do you not let him in the building?
1: <laughs> hey you're ruining my vibe here i'm trying to get a top pick in the draft we keep winning every time you show up oh he's, yeah no, it, it is unbelievable but he's uh he was money he just uh he was like the brick wall there so he he's done he's done a great job and uh he you know great 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 effort from our group and uh You know, it's um, just like the way our team fights every single night. We're out there battling, and uh, everybody's making progress, and the big Jack McBain had a hell of a game, so it's always nice to see the young guys play well.
2: And Jacob Chikrin with the two goals. And I'll ask you about him, and this will be a fair question that I know you can answer, um, because I know you haven't made you know, without saying that you've made a decision what you're going to do. But I'm sure your phone is ringing quite a bit because of the talent level. We've heard what the asking price may be with a couple first-rounders. Let me just ask you this. How many teams have called you Approximately uh, to see if you would trade <laughs> Jacob Chikrin.
1: Well, it's probably 32 teams in the National Hockey League, and there's probably 31 phone calls. <laughs> have you re- have you truly yeah.
2: received a call from every team in the league, just trying to gauge oh, their interest? Yeah.
1: Every- yeah, everybody. I mean, has uh, you know, has called at some point in time, and uh, you know, obviously, he's a he's a very talented player. Um, and you know, we've, we've gone through the process, you know, with our price and said, Hey, let's kind of move the coyotes forward. Um, and you know, Jacob's had a hell of a year. Uh, he's really responded, uh, came in great shape, ready to go. And last game is probably his best. Um, not only was he good defensively, but he ripped two goals, you know, that's a elite shooter, uh, back there. He's got a powerful shot. So it was great. Um, he's played extremely well and, uh, you know, he, um, he he's one of those guys that obviously that had asked early on to get moved um, because of when we're going through the rebuild, we respected that. Um, we've gone through the process, and we continue to go through the process, and we'll see what happens in the in the future.
0: Generally speaking, it's always it can be awkward in a moment like that between player and organization. Have you been yeah. relatively pleased that it hasn't really been that awkward between organization and player over these last several months?
1: You know, I, I played with his dad uh, for a cup of coffee when I was with the Flyers organization. I was a rookie. He's probably been about four or five years in his career. And he was he was unbelievable to me. I never, ever forgot that. He was unbelievable. Uh, Jacob's family from his mom and, and dad are just truly classy people along with Jacob himself. So uh, we've just been had uh, total honesty and transparency and just just. You know, really uh, tried to be an upfront. It hasn't been as awkward as people would think it it is. Um, Jake's a classy kid, and, uh, and so is his family. So we've we've uh, we've, we've handled it, and uh, we've told him what we uh, wanted and what we expected from not only him but the situation. And he was the same towards us, and uh, uh, we, we've everybody's kind of honored that. And uh, it, it's it's not the greatest <laughs> process to go through because uh, it's consuming. Uh, for the organization and, and it's hard on Jacob at times too, but, uh, uh, I, I would say we're, we're doing pretty well with it. And, uh, it hasn't been as awkward, uh, you know, uh, as most, uh, transactions like this right. uh, usually are.
2: Is it fair to say that the asking price would have to start with two first round print picks that would have to at least start there?
1: Yeah, you know, everybody's put that in the media and, and that. I mean, it has to move us forward. Let's be honest. It, it has to move the organization forward. We're not just getting rid of one of our best players for, you know, the sake of, uh, you know, some, somebody else's ask. So we're, you know, generally going through the process and uh, uh, it, it's close to that. Um, but if it makes sense for us and it moves us forward in the future, we're, you know, uh, we'll make that transaction. Um, I guess that's the
0: best way I could answer that one. Yeah, Bill, best of luck uh, to the organization tonight against Chicago. We appreciate the time, as always. Thanks for stopping by for a few, okay?
1: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Have a great weekend. You got it. Thanks, yeah, Bill. Too.
0: Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, our guest here on the Arizona Sportsline Coyotes, taking on the Blackhawks tonight, as I mentioned. I believe that's a 6.30 face-off pregame coverage right at 6, so as soon as we're done here on Burns and Gambo, we will turn it over to the Coyotes. Um, since we're talking about trades and everything, obviously the deadline coming up on March 3rd in the NHL. Deadline was yesterday in the NBA, and now we've entered the buyout phase of this conversation when it comes to the Suns. So who are back in action tonight against the Pacers. By the way, they won't have T.J. Warren available. They won't have Darius Baisley available tonight. They will have Devin Booker back, and they lost last night to Atlanta. There is one name that our audience is already asking you to drive a stake through the heart of. I, I don't think we need to play the music, because I think it goes huh. without saying. But Patrick Beverly is going to get bought out by the Orlando Magic, yeah. as expected, and people are asking you to kill it before now, it even starts. until
2: I Get final confirmation. I won't kill it. I mean, it seems unlikely, right? It seems unlikely that you would want to bring him in here. But I, you know, I I take a lot of pride in making sure when I'm shooting down a rumor that that it's going to be correct. That that you know that I'm that I'm 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 doing my work and I'm I'm making sure and I'm double checking. You don't want to assume. I don't. So I don't assume. I haven't. I mean, we've ruled out we ruled out about 15 players that were either rumored or reportedly coming to the Phoenix Suns over the trade deadline and. You know, we were 100% on that. We didn't get any of them wrong. Uh, we, 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 were, we were not wrong on any of them. So I take a lot of pride in that. I'm not going to say no to Patrick Beverly until I know it. It sounds, but so I don't know yet. And I, I will get this information very soon because that's what we do is, we, you know, we were able to check on these things. But what I will say is it, just from an opinion perspective, mm-hmm. man, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense that you don't want that guy. You don't want that guy that can cost you a technical foul at the end of a playoff game. Now, I don't think he's as good as a defender. He thinks he is. You know, I really don't, and I, like I just that. think he, I don't. I, th- I like that. I don't think he's as good as a defensive player as he thinks he is. Now they need defensive players, but I think they need more defensive wing guys—guys that could guard Luca, guys that could guard, yeah. guard Kawhi, guys that could guard the better players in the league. Look, Pat Babb probably still has some game left. I just don't think that. He, and and the other thing is just this locker room. I don't. I don't think that he's a fit with the players on the Suns. I don't think that he. Be a fit with what they do. So my 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 opinion is that that one doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: there's this old adage about you know guys that you love to hate until they're on your team, and then you you learn to love them. Even for a guy like Pat Bev, I don't know if I could ever learn to love Pat Bev. And and, and honestly, I, I just think there has been so much damage done over the last couple of years. Chris Book, all the words that have been said, everything that have been done. I, I don't think he fits that classic cliche of well, you hate him when he's on somebody else's team, but as soon as he's on yours, you're going to love him. I don't think that rule applies to Pat Bev. And so I, I'm glad you're not assuming. We're not going to play the music right. until you've heard. Right? Um, but I, I would hope that's not the plan. Um, there's a story at ArizonaSports.com from our own Kellen Olson and Kevin Zimmerman in which they go through some of the names potentially that could be out there on the buyout market. A lot of them we talked about yesterday, but we can revisit briefly. Uh, they led the piece with swingman Will Barton from the Washington Wizards as a guy who's a little bit older, but he's Really good glue guy. Everybody raves about him from every locker room he's ever been in, right? great, great guy to have on this team. He would Perfect. fit the culture very well. Yes. Um, Reggie Jackson, the point guard, a name that's it, it kind of been linked to the Suns in some ways. It's the camp- if campaign is
2: healthy, I think they're fine. If campaign's not healthy, you want to back a point guard in case something happens to Chris Paul. If, if Chris gets injured, if Chris gets sick, if something happens, you've got to have a point guard. He's got a lot of experience. He's got playoff experience. He's not having the best year overall, but he's a tough son of a gun, and, and he's playoff tested. So I like Reggie Jackson. It a whole lot but i think it would really depend on what your
0: status for campaign is yeah I, I i think that all the depth you could have at that position you can't have enough danny green got mentioned on the story yeah i'm he not he that, oh, yeah. that noise that noise you just made a second ago that's kind of how i feel about He's it too always, like I always I been a
2: good shooter right danny's always been a really good shooter but he hasn't Played this year, man. He hasn't played. Yeah, I mean, talk about Jay Crowder not having played. Danny Green hasn't played. He's played so I mean, he's played in like just two games, I think. So i i would
0: I would say no to Danny Green. Yeah, I would. I would tend to agree. And I would also say no to Terrence Ross, who was somebody else on the list. I, he's he's a good scorer. The I don't I don't think the Suns are going to need that. You know, I, I I mean, you can always use scoring, right? And Terrence Ross yeah. has been a good score for Orlando. I, I I just don't think in terms of checking the box with the defense that he exactly fits. That um, John Hollinger of the Athletic wrote about all the guys who might be on the buyout market. He broke it down into tiers. I'm just going to do this real quick. Tier one: guys who actually might make a difference on the trade up uh, on the buyout market. You ready? Yes. Number one: Russell Westbrook. Number two: Reggie Jackson. Number three: John Wall. Number four: Patrick Beverly. Number five: Dario Saric. Number six: Danny Green. Those are his top guys that he thinks could actually make a difference. Dario could get bought out, huh? He, he's he's yeah. bringing it up as a possibility. I'll be honest with you, the only name on that list that interests me is Reggie Jackson. That's the only one. He had other names, too. But in terms of his tier one guys, that would be the only name that would interest Where him. Where was Westbrook on that Westbrook list? was number one on that list. They haven't mentioned that they were buying him out yet. No, it's believed that could happen, but they haven't mentioned that it's happening yet. No. Right. Nope. Not yet. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Kevin Durant trade speaks volumes about two things. What are they? I'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo.
2: Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: The West is so good now. You're going to need a good bench. You can't go to war with just KD, Booker, and Aiden because the West is so loaded. They gave up a lot. So I think the buyout market, I'm going to be watching that for my sons. Our starting unit, we're good to go. But to to win three series just to get to the finals, your bench
0: is going to be huge. That was Charles Barkley last night on TNT. A soundbite that I meant to play in the last segment because we were talking about buyout options in the last segment. And it was Barkley kind of talking about how you got to watch that buyout market because you do you know, you don't expect any of those guys to be superstars. You do have to round out some of your depth a little bit. You did take a little bit of a hit with your trade yesterday and trading Cam Johnson. Just
2: beware with the the buyout market, right? I mean, there's a reason these teams are trying to get off of the these teams are getting off of these players. There's a reason that they don't want him there's a reason why you know the the Clippers got off of, uh, of Reggie Jackson and walls the reason nobody wants Pat Bebb. he's very difficult to coach he's not a humble guy and everywhere he goes they want to get rid of him so you do have to be somewhat careful you even look at Barton you know why did Denver let him go you know why does Washington have no interest in keeping him so just again maybe you hit the jackpot but for for, for the most part you are getting players that other teams have had and don't have any interest uh, in keeping oh
0: uh, yeah, of course I mean but you're also using them for- for a specific purpose, you know, you're you're not you, in a short amount of time. In a very short amount of time, right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's very it's the the very definition of a rental player, and so you're not thinking any of these guys are going to be long term solutions. You need bodies, you know. You gave up a lot of bodies to get Kevin Durant. You need bodies. That being said, despite the fact the Suns might need to go shopping on the buyout market, um, the the trade continues to get rave reviews. Uh, Sam Vincenzi from the Athletic, um, oh, this one was so good. The, the Kevin Durant's so bet is a chance worth taking. Quote, the Suns are acquiring superstar forward Kevin Durant in a trade that will at the very least rival the team's acquisition of Charles Barkley in 1992 as the most important deal in franchise history. And he, close quote, and he paints this picture of a team that you know, A, kind of learned their lesson from the last couple of years, you know, like they need a little more and they gotta understand that maybe Chris Paul and Devin Booker isn't quite enough And then number two, man. He he, and I'll let him explain it. He basically said at the time of Kevin Durant's injury this year, he thought he was the MVP of the league the way he was carrying the Nets team because we've just never seen an offensive player as good as Kevin Durant, maybe in the history of the NBA.
2: I I was blown away by just some of the sheer numbers when it comes to like looking at what he like Kevin Durant this year is shooting fifty six percent from the field. Kevin Durant has been one of the best players on the planet since two thousand seven. Do you know he's never shot a higher percentage from the field than now? Yeah. Than right now? Yeah. This, this isn't like his fifth best. Kevin Durant has been in this league since 2007, and right now he is having the highest shooting percentage of his career.
0: And that is why when we talk about this deal... You know, people say, well, he's not Pete Kevin Durant anymore. He isn't. You know, I mean, Man, he, he, I get it. He's hurt a lot. Okay. And, and, and no one's, no one is going to sit here with a straight face and deny that he misses a lot of games. And yes, that's concerning. And yes, if we get to the end of this and Kevin Durant, for some reason, because of an injury isn't available in the postseason, you're going to get a lot of I told you so's out there. Told yeah. you, I told you he was going to get hurt. Told mm-hmm. you he was going to get hurt. But if he's healthy and he's playing, I'm not really sure I buy the whole this isn't Kevin Durant at his peak. He was playing at a... Ridiculous level with the Nets before he got hurt. He was carrying that team, putting up numbers that were absurd for Brooklyn. I don't know that Kevin Durant isn't at the peak of his powers right now. My favorite
2: part about you know, you're reading what everybody's and I enjoy. I, I like talking to GMs and coaches and stuff and um, I, I just matter of fact during that last break, I got a call from a different team uh, to talk about a couple of different things. So uh, I enjoy that part of it the most, but I really do like seeing what, you know. Know, some of the experts and the people that have covered this game for a long time think about uh, uh, people. And this, this line blew me away. This isn't your typical all-NBA top 15 player being traded. Durant is a top 15 player all time still playing at his peak. Boy, that just blew me away. I mean, you know, think about it. You're you're not getting, hey, we just traded for one of the 15 best players in the league. No, you didn't. You traded for that. Not only that, but also one of the best players that's ever played this game in the history of the game. So I like that line was like that. That was just, you know, that was a, a great line. Really
0: kind of brought into to focus just what you're getting here harkens back to a conversation you and I had yesterday and, and we were asking the question is Kevin Durant the best player to ever put on a Phoenix Suns uniform and I, and I, I get it the nostalgia the MVP that Steve Nash won two of them Barkley won one of them Barkley took him to the finals Steve Nash had great success here nobody is talking about Steve Nash as a top 15 player in the history of the NBA no, no. Uh, nobody's talking about Barkley as one of the 15 best players in the history of the NBA the fact that Kevin Durant would even get mentioned in something like that and end up ahead of all of those guys
2: when... 25 years from now, when you're talking the 50 greatest players in the NBA, Durant will be ahead of all of them. Yeah. There's that one Suns player that will be ahead of Kevin
0: Durant. And, and then the argument becomes, well, yeah, but the Suns had Barkley at his peak. OK. The Suns had Nash at his peak. OK. But to say that Kevin Durant isn't at his peak, I mean, I get he's 34 years old and I get that he gets hurt. He might be the end of the peak, but he's still in the he, peak. He's, he's still in the peak, right? He's still on top of the mountain. OK. He hasn't started his descent yet. I don't think he, he might be getting close to it but he's not there yet Um, and the other thing I loved about this article too is how he pointed out that if you look back at the history of Kevin Durant how much better he makes everybody around him they looked at Steph Curry's numbers, Draymond Green's numbers, Clay Thompson's Steph numbers. Stuff was unreal. Kyrie Irving's numbers. I mean, just how much better these guys are when Kevin Durant is around. Yeah, I'm not an I'm not an effective field goal percentage guy, but Curry was a 61.2
2: effective field goal percentage with Durant on the court, 57.3 when he was off the court. So I mean, you know, you, you can make make it a, you know make an argument that those numbers that he, everybody does better. Booker, Booker knows him. Paul knows him. They've had they played with them. So Team USA and stuff like that. So I I it, it is amazing. It was another point in the article just talked about like what he's done during this streak. They ripped off eighteen wins in a, uh, eighteen wins as Durant averaged thirty one point seven rebounds, five assists on an absurd fifty nine point four percent from the field, forty three percent from three, and ninety six point five percent from the line. Like
0: wow, he is quite simply one of the best offensive players of the NBA. He's ever seen. He he can get his shot off anywhere on the floor no matter who's guarding him. And that's what's got everybody so excited. You just got to keep your fingers crossed about the health thing. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 62620 right now. When we come back, President of Basketball Operations and General Manager James Jones of the Phoenix Suns. How does one go about acquiring Kevin Durant? Our exclusive conversation is next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Brinson Gambo take you inside the Suns' front office and talk with a key decision maker. Our weekly visit with James Jones. uh, We worked with the Suns and James specifically to move the interview to after the trade deadline. Usually we talk to him on a Wednesday. Made much more sense to talk to him after the deadline, and it certainly makes a lot of sense now with the acquisition of Kevin Durant in the big trade that came down on Wednesday. And with that, we welcome into the show President of Basketball Operations and General Manager of the Suns, James Jones here on Burns & Gambo. Congratulations on the big trade, James. Thanks for your time today. All right, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Super Bowl's in town, and we haven't done anything except
2: talk Suns for the last few days, so you guys have taken over the buzz in this town. Let me ask you, I know I know, you had spoken to the Nets a few times over the summer when KD requested a trade, but you guys were never able to, to get a deal done for you know various reasons. When did you begin to revisit the KD to the Suns and this mega trade that just went down?
3: I'll say say again, the last part, you broke up a little bit.
2: When did you begin to revisit it? You had spoken to the Nets over the summer about KD when he requested a trade. Obviously, he stayed with the Nets, but it became after after Kyrie left. Is that when you began to revisit a potential trade with Brooklyn?
3: I mean, no, it came together really, really quickly. Um, I would say it was a couple days before. Um, We actually made the deal. Um, We connected on on multiple things, but, you know, it was the subject of KD potentially, you know, being in Phoenix um, was something that he wanted to pursue and something that the Nets were open to discussing. And so we started having conversation, and they went really, really quickly.
2: Yeah, I know what the Nets may have wanted in July may be different from what they wanted now, but let me just ask you, over the summer, did you feel at any point over the summer that you were close to getting a deal done with Brooklyn for Durant, or was it it always that you just didn't have what it would take to get a deal done?
3: Um, I I really couldn't get a good gauge in the summer. Um, My my sense was they didn't want to trade him. Um, they, they wanted to explore and, and do everything they could to try to get a really good player, one of the greatest ever, to, to remain with the franchise. And I think, you know, him remaining with them early, it, it was it was evident that um, he would have been great with them. Uh, they started out great in, in Brooklyn, and then once circumstances changed, I, I think they just felt it was it was has to move on, and uh, they reengaged. And um, you know, you never really know whether or not anything any, any of these things will get done but i was more confident this time than i was in the summer that we could get across the finish line
0: you've spoken to us many many times james about patience so whether it was a jay crowder trade whether it was the first round picks you've you've often spoken of patience here was kevin durant always ultimately in the back of your mind or even in the front of your mind the the manifestation of that patience like the goal throughout all of it was it always kevin durant for you no it wasn't
3: um you know like it's very rarely you get a chance to be in in the conversation with players of his caliber. Uh, So if if you hold out and think that I'll just wait for that day to come, um, I think you're actually foolish. I don't think that's patience. I think that's foolishness. And so for us, it was trying to position ourselves to be ready um, if (laughs) if an opportunity like this presented itself. And I think we were because we had all our draft picks, uh, because we've been diligent uh, with how we built the team. Um, but more importantly, just because as as time has gone on, I think we've established ourselves as a, as a good franchise. And, and when you do that, great players, good players want to be there, and it makes it easier for you to make extremely tough decisions like we did uh, when we had to, you know, and, and include two guys, three guys that you know were instrumental for us when they have to be a part of uh, of a trade. So yeah. it's you know you have to be patient, but um, you also have to get lucky.
0: I want to ask you about those guys because obviously we're. You know, a lot of people in the valley are celebrating and we're congratulating you, but there's a, there's a a tough side to this and there's a flip side to the coin. You drafted Cam Johnson. You obviously a huge part of the organization throughout Mikkel's, you know, development, Jay Crowder, the acquisition. How difficult was it to part ways with three guys who were, you know, two of which were especially instrumental this year, three of which were huge for you guys over the last few? How tough was that for you? It's extremely difficult, um,
3: on a personal level. Um, I understand, like, it makes for, for good headlines. And, and I always say the drama and the, the shock and the disappointment that comes with trade season is everything that fans and people love, uh, to consume. Um, it's the drama that makes sports special and spectacular. But ultimately, like, you know, they're, they're people. They're people first. People that we get a chance to, to compete with and, and that we, we, we tend and learn to love and, uh, and sacrifice with. So it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, you get over it. We all understand it's a part of business, but that doesn't mean that it's the part of the business that you have to really appreciate and love.
2: I had heard that the that the Suns were reluctant to include Mikhail Bridges in in any deal last summer. I mean, KD or anything else, because of just how much value you put on him as a player. Obviously, you signed him to a contract extension. What at, at this point? What made you decide to include him in the deal? Was was it was it Mikael Bridges had to be in the deal to get it done? Is that why you eventually did it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I just think like. Anyone would. If you're you're pursuing one of the the greatest players of all time, um, you're going to want a really good player in return at a minimum. And and there just was no package or or no configuration that um, was going to be suitable for them that didn't include Mikel. And so that's that's the tough part about it. Um, It it signals two things that, you know, Mikel's a really good player, which is why uh, we were reluctant to have him in those conversations. Um, And then two, that it takes a really good player to get a great player. And, you know, that's the cost of, of, of trying to compete for titles.
2: How hard did you try to do a deal without including
3: McHale? Um, I mean, it's as hard as I could. Um, you never want to give up your good player, So um, I think if it was just that easy to, to do it, I mean, there wouldn't have been a discussion. Um, this was a long process when we talked about Cam, Mikhail, Jay Crowder, uh, Dario Sars because it's just not... Um, KD. It's the other guys that have been a part of what we've been doing that had to be included in some form or fashion. So, look, I I get it. It's it's uh, it's a great time to be here in Phoenix where you have, you know, renewed excitement about our championship aspirations and our our guys that are no longer with us are going to go under the great things. So, you know, we move forward and we try to improve and, and and continue to push towards the championship.
0: James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show for his weekly visit. And again, our thanks for uh, moving things around to you and the Suns organization because it just made more sense to do it this way. There's obviously a new dynamic in play now going into this trade deadline, and that's the new owner, Matt Ishbia. How, how was it working with him? How influential was he in this deal? How How different did that make things for you as you went about doing your job going into this deadline, knowing that you had him working kind of behind the scenes alongside with you on this one?
3: Matt's been extremely uh, supportive and, and collaborative in, in the sense that he, he brings a fresh perspective and, and a desire, desire to make decisions in, in the best interest of the franchise. And he said it before, it takes what it takes. He, we're about winning. Uh, he wants to win and, and win at a high level and wants us to be an elite franchise. And the only way you can do that is you have to, you have to um, make big bold moves. And he's done that. Um, he's encouraged us to do that. And we'll continue to do that as long as, uh, if she's on board with
0: it. Does the financial portion of this that comes along with adding a guy like KD, is that, you know, I don't know what kind of discussions you had had with Matt prior to him taking over, but it was that a relief to know that that, that was not going to be a concern for him or hold him back for making a deal like this, given how deep in the luxury tax you might go with it. I mean,
3: it helps. It helps. I mean, it's, it's, you know, everyone knows it cost us a tremendous amount of money to make this move. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that. Um, by focusing on winning. And so it's it's great to have that partnership and uh, we'll be diligent and smart. You know, it's not a a blank check to just go out here and try to use money to solve all your problems. We still have to play well. We still have to develop well. We still have to to do all those things to improve. Um, Money's just not the cure, uh, but it definitely can be an asset and a tool diligent and smart
2: I, I mean I give you a, a, just so much credit for resisting the temptations you know over the last seven or eight months to to trade draft assets to go get in a player that you know is just an okay player I mean there there, there were some good players available at OG and John Collins Fred van Vliet that you just, you guys just didn't have interest in and I think by holding on to those draft picks you know and and showing some resolve and patience it allowed you to be in a position to do this because let's Let's be honest, if you had traded two of those draft picks at any point for somebody else, you're not making a Kevin Durant trade two days ago.
3: I mean, what well, the calculus is, are the decisions that we're making, are they going to make us an elite team or an elite franchise? And when you look at it through, through that lens, um, I think decisions become easier. From a fan perspective, from you know an outsider perspective, uh, you always want excitement, you want an injection of something different. Um, but for us, that difference that that difference has to be a real difference maker. And I think that's what we got in KD.
0: From your perspective as a basketball guy, how difficult did it just get to guard the Phoenix Suns when you've got everybody healthy and on the floor at the same time, James?
3: Um, I, I think we got a little bit better. I mean, I'll leave it to our guys. I think we all know how we all know how extremely confident and potent they are. Uh, but we don't need to to promote ourselves. You know, we'll just have to let our play dictate that.
2: Buyer beware on the on the buyout market, right? There's a reason that a lot of these players are are getting let go, and teams the teams are letting them go, and they don't want them, and they don't want to bring them back next year. But will you look heavily into the buyout market? Do you feel like that's an avenue to add some 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 size and defense to this roster?
3: Uh, Gambo, you ask me these questions all the time. I you was know, like, will you go and look at the bio market? Of course. <laughs> you know, you, you have to. You know, it's an opportunity to improve our team. I've always said, if there's a chance to improve our team, we'll use every every avenue. Uh, we'll explore all opportunities to get better. And if we can find someone that, one, has the skill set that we want, um, and that can help us. And two, they're willing to come in and... And, and do what we need them to do for us to be a successful team, we'll look at it. Uh, hoping those two things match up. Um, will be would um, I hope those two things match up if, if we can find someone. Well,
2: what do you think, it, it, if, if a trade for Kevin Durant did not come about, what, what do you think the Suns would have done? Would you would you have basically stood pat with the roster and tried to get healthy? Would you have made a minor move? Was there any other major moves that you may have made?
3: Oh, We, we consider a lot of things. And I'll say this is the one that we zeroed in on, but uh, I won't get into just specifics, but we had a multitude of, of options that we were would have explored. But, you know, we wouldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have stood pat, like, That wasn't the plan or is never the plan. Um, Only if all those things fall through. But I was fairly confident we would do something. I something
2: I do have to ask you about Darius Baisley. You traded Dario Saric, and obviously it does save you money on the tax. But here's a kid that he does seem to fit the James Jones mold of being a versatile defensive player that could guard 1-2-5. He fell out of favor a little bit and was struggling. But if you just ask him to come in and play some defense, it does look like he's a guy that has that defensive versatility that you like.
3: Well, he has a chance here with us. You know, six eight, six nine, um, extremely athletic, uh, a great defender, uh, can finish above the rim, but most importantly, um, can play and pick up full court. And that's what we need around our guys. You know, we, we're going to have enough scoring. We just need guys that defensively, Uh, can bring something uh, on a nightly basis that we haven't had in the past.
0: James, as always, we appreciate it. Again, congratulations on what has been a franchise-altering week for the Phoenix Suns organization. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Enjoy the weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, the local sports leader. Our Arizona sports promo team is at the Pepsi Fan Fests from Arizona Center in downtown Phoenix. Right now, they'll be there until 6. The Pepsi Fan Fest includes food, beverages, games, live performances by Tech 9 and others, plus an autograph signing by Ricky Waters. When we come back on Burns and Gambo, you just heard what James Jones had to say. Our immediate reactions to it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Uh, Gambo, you ask me these questions all the time. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: It came together really, really quickly. Um, I would say it was a couple days before um, we actually made the deal. Um, we connected on on multiple things, but, you know, it was the subject of Katie potentially, you know, being in Phoenix um, was something that he wanted to pursue and something that the Nets were open to discussing. And so we started having conversation and they went really, really quickly.
0: Was James Jones, president of basketball operations, general manager of the Phoenix Suns, believe, I believe, making his first public comments since the trade went down. I don't think there have been any kind of press conference or other than the statement that was sent out. Yeah. Thank you, Mitch. I don't think we've heard from him. Um, reactions. We just had an exclusive conversation with James the day after the big Kevin Durant trade. What was your reaction to it? I, I think, you know, obviously they,
2: they had discussions with the Nets in the summer. They pursued it. it things changed from the from the Nets' perspective, and they, they also changed from the Suns' perspective. You know, what the Suns were willing to put in a deal in the summer was different from what they were willing to put in a deal now. There were a lot of discussions that didn't go anywhere in the summer, and I think what James said is, look, in the end, they didn't want to trade him. Like, in the end, they did not want to trade him. They wanted to hold on to him, so that could be the main reason why a deal wasn't on because I reported they didn't want DeAndre Ayton and then um, the Suns were very reluctant to put Cam and McHale and they were were clearly trying to do a deal with all the draft capital and expiring contracts was the main thing but the Nets kept telling them you don't have what it takes, you don't have what it takes, you don't have what it takes and I think the main reason why is simply that they wanted to keep Kevin Durant, they wanted to try, he's such a great player I think what I take out of that conversation with James Jones is they really did not want to trade him in the Summer when he said I want out, they were trying. Let's go to marriage counseling, please. Let's go to Doctor Melfi. Let's make this work. I love you. I don't want to leave you. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll take the garbage out. I'll do the dishes. They did what it, they wanted to keep him. In the end, that's what happened. They wanted to keep him. They didn't want to trade him.
0: Yeah, and it does seem as if that's in part what changed. I mean, obviously ownership for the sons changed as well. But a summer ago, yeah, Durant goes to management and says I want out. Management goes, yeah, okay, no, we're not doing that we don't want to do that it's going to take an unbelievable sweetheart deal he goes back to nets management a few days ago and says i want out and at that point knowing that the Kyrie situation is done knowing they're not going to bring him back knowing that their super team dreams are done at that point you get the sense there was a real resignation from and i think and i was reading this story on espn.com today too about kind of what was going on behind the scenes i think because durant privately went to the Nets this time around. Didn't make it public, didn't leak it through a Brian Windhorst or a Woj or a Shams or anything like that, but quietly off the radar, behind the scenes, went to the Nets and said, I want out, please," and I want to go to Phoenix. I just want to go to the Suns. Because he specifically didn't do it public on me, because he specifically wanted the Suns, the Nets worked with him, knowing that their dreams of building a super team were done. I got the impression from James, and this is just my impression, okay, that he... Wasn't quite yet in the mood to celebrate the fact that got Kevin Durant. Like there's still a little bit of mourning that Mikel's not here, and that there's a little bit of mourning that I Cam's that. not here. I, I got. I could see and that. I, again, yeah. cl- I know classically, I I'm the one who reads too much into what people say and things. I get that. I do that. But just listening to him, I didn't get the impression that there was a lot of. I'm going to pat myself on the back for this one, or we're going to celebrate the fact that we got Kevin Durant. It seemed almost somber, you know, like a little bit of reserved kind of emotion. They were so reluctant to put
2: Mikhail in a deal. I, I think if they would have done this deal and were able to keep Mikhail and gave up Cam, I, you know, I think even though you lost Cam, you, you, you could celebrate a little bit, man, they was so reluctant to give up Mikhail. They yeah. didn't want to give him up in the summer. They didn't want to give him up now. But again, that's, that's what it took. Like you want to get this deal done. This is what it's going to get taken. If you're not going to do it, then there's no use having any more discussion. Here's what he said about that. It's
3: extremely difficult. Um, on a personal level um, I understand, like, it makes for for good headlines. And and I always say the drama and the the shock and the disappointment that comes with trade season is everything that fans and people love uh, to consume. Um, It's the drama that makes sports special and spectacular. But ultimately, like, you know, they're they're people. They're people first. People that we get a chance to to compete with and and that we, we, we tend and learn to love. And uh, and sacrifice with. So it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, you get over it. We all understand it's a part of the business. But that doesn't mean that it's the part of the business that you have to really appreciate and love.
0: Yeah, I, I, there was just kind of that 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 somberness. I thought as far as the new owner and the willingness of the new owner to spend. James spoke about that as well. It
3: helps. It helps. I mean, it it's you know everyone knows it cost us a tremendous amount of money to make this move. Um, but you know we'll worry about that um, by focusing on winning. And so it's great to have that partnership and uh, we'll be diligent and smart. You know, it's not a blank check to just go out here and try to use money to solve all your problems. We still have to play well. We still have to develop well. We still have to, to do all those things to improve. Um, Money's just not the cure, uh, but it definitely can be an asset and a tool.
0: And it can buy happiness. And (laughs) there's a lot of happy people right now because money bought Kevin Durant. Bought my happiness. Yeah. Again, (laughs) that that ESPN.com story. It (laughs) it made the indication that Matt Ishbia made the decision to go that deep in the luxury tax within seconds. Like they 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 painted a picture for him. James painted a picture for him. This is how much this is going to cost us if we do it. Yeah. Done. Done. Make it happen.
2: And and listen, Robert Saber was willing to go to 100 million dollars over the luxury tax last year, $60, 70 $80, 100000000 million. I, I did report that at the time. They weren't able to get the Durant done deal, uh, the deal done, but they were willing to go there. So Matt Ispiel's willingness to go there, too, is great because you want to have an owner that's committed to winning, committed to doing what it takes. Kevin Durant may very well bring the Phoenix Suns a championship, and you can't let that opportunity
0: pass because you don't want to pay the luxury tax. No doubt you can't. He wants you. You have to want him back. That's just the rules with a guy like Kevin Durant. Don't break the rules. Those are the rules. If he wants you, you have to want him back. He's that good. He demands that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, we're at the turn. Halfway home on this Friday. The 4 o'clock reset is next with an update on the Cardinals coaching search from none other than Michael Bidwell. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.